The Everything Sequel Podcast is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and Brew Bar. The Everything Sequel Podcast contains explicit language, and I will not go to my room. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Naked Gun Edition. So exciting. My name is Michael Schantz. I am, of course, from the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, a man with a plan, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Say hello to everybody, Tom. I couldn't believe it was her. It was like a dream. But there she was, just as I remembered her, that delicately beautiful face, and a body that could melt a cheese sandwich from across the room, and breasts that seemed to say, hey, look at these. She was the kind of woman who made you want to drop to your knees and thank God you were a man. She reminded me of my she mother, sure all right. Reminded me. No doubt about it. Thank you for joining in there. I appreciate it. Oh, I, 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 I adore that line. I, one of there, the one of the qualities of of these movies that I admire above all others is is their bastardized versions of hard boiled gumshoe dialogue. Hard boiled gumshoe, yeah, that's what I love about it. That's when they're working great. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, and I don't normally do this with a quotable, but I have the I have the comeback here from from Ed, which yes, is which is as so good. good. Which is <laughs> Frank, snap out of it! You're looking at her like she was your mother for Christ's sake. <laughs> that's that's a first here on everything sequel to uh uh to to <laughs> to have the um the follow-up but i felt if not now when? It, it's warranted <laughs> well ladies and gentlemen we are of course talking about the naked gun series so today tom yeah. we have to rank and declare just these two sequels so the, the series, the series was a trilogy. Yes, but we only have a a, a duo of sequels. Right. Sounds easy. Yeah. Spoiler alert: It's not. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy! Did I go on a roller coaster ride? <laughs> Especially confronted with Naked Gun two and a half. Okay. For me. Yeah. Um, I found I find these not difficult to rank. No. I agree with that. But, uh, and one of them I don't even find too difficult to declare. Hmm. But the other, I'm on the struggle bus. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I'm going to say, like, the the biggest issue I had, and it sounds like we had similar problems, uh, was separating uh, these movies from my nostalgia for them. Yes. So, full disclosure, I had... Naked Gun and Naked Gun Two and a Half on a double feature VHS cassette. Okay, this is a big thing for you. Yeah, um, <laughs> and all I'm going to say is, Google it, youngins. I- I'm not, I'm not at the stage of my life where I'm willing to accept that I need to explain what that is. Okay. No, oh, yeah, no. I-, I know, I know, I am, but I'm not yeah. willing to accept that. No. Um, and. Uh, the third movie I remember seeing in the theater, and I remember it being a really formative 
movie for me. It felt like one of the first kind of grown-up movies I ever saw. As I was really? A, I was a teenager at the time, and um, it felt like the first... I'm sure I was with my parents, but it felt like the first movie that, you know, that I was a little young to be in the theatre for, so it was kind of risque and exciting in a way. <laughs> that's kind of interesting, because looking back at it, you know, um, the man I am now... Uh, it you know watching it feels they feel the, the humor feels so schoolboyish. Yeah. But when I remember when I'm actually a schoolboy, it feels really grown up. <laughs> well, and also and the movies exist between those two poles. I think. Yeah, the third one also specifically for me uh, feels really lazy in a lot of parts, and you can see jokes coming from over the hill from ten thousand miles away. To me, but interesting. I mean, that's a given with both of these movies. It's really to me, it's always about how they handle it, like how mm-hmm. they. Sure. It's 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 never on the menu that they're going to come up with new jokes. The 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 the, the right. challenge of both of these movies is is uh is how. How do we rephrase these dro- jokes so that they're as funny as the first time we heard them? Well, and, and they often succeed with that, I think. That's true. I agree. And the other thing is that, and we talked a lot about this in our 1982 singles sequels podcast with Matt Aldrich. Yes. Because we did Airplane 2. We did. And we were almost comedically offended by the repeat of jokes in those movies and it was because they weren't doing them differently mm. but take for instance like one of my favorite jokes that is in the first two movies not in the third movie that i really wished was there i love it in the first movie when somebody throws a pillow at frank Treban and it covers his face and he's right. yeah and then in this movie, there's a big fight in a bathroom with, in two and a half, or sorry, in Naked Gun two and a half, that I just revel in. I just delight in this bathroom fight yeah, that I know. ends with a towel yeah. being thrown in his face. And it's the same exact joke, but it's a great joke. So it's just interesting to me that the manner in which you choose to repeat a joke yeah. matters. Exactly. That is, that's exactly right. Um yeah, it's 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 fascinating you brought up Airplane 2 because I remember kind of giving that movie, though, you know, I, I didn't enjoy it uh, uh, enough to call it a good movie or, or, or put it anywhere at the top, those movies. Right. I do remember giving it the benefit of the doubt that they, I think that they were trying to do some kind of sequel parody at certain points in the movie and and you and Matt were both kind of fairly lu- <laughs> fairly lukewarm towards that concept. Uh here I think this movie the 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 Naked Gun sequels are they're calling out sequel tropes for what they are very explicitly. Yes. Uh, well, and the I other think it's thing... very deliberate here and and I I I can see more of the difference now, uh, you know, like the difference in intention. Uh, between this and and Airplane Two, I think Airplane Two was really only ever flirting with that idea, but mm-hmm. here it just seems built into how these movies are made. 
and just just a just a greater interest in things like story and yes you know yeah. and uh, <laughs> i guess you know that one of the things that kind of amazed me what looking back at these movies is is how serialized they are like at, at one point i won't like at the end of uh naked gun two and a half um there's like you know an empty promise made by frank that is then yeah. that is then the basis for the entire third movie. Third movie, right? You know, and and that with the, with the kind of comedy they, that this movie is, that these movies are, they were within their right to just ignore that completely and reset, do whatever they and wanted. Reset, yeah, they could have done anything they wanted, but they didn't. Yeah. No, the, I and mean, they, he, and they chose not to. He right. retires, and then the next time we see him, he's struggling with supermarket trolleys. <laughs> right. Well, let me ask you this, because the other thing that I found really interesting watching these movies now, I mean, these movies make the specific choices to date themselves, to carbon date themselves <laughs> to the time they were made. Yes. And somebody, you know, somebody born in the year 2000, there is so much that's going to go over their head. Yeah, I don't think anyone still knows who John Sununu is. Right, Jacques Gabor slapping. And you know, to be perfectly honest, I had to look up the specifics of who John Sununu was. (laughs) (laughs) I was aware he was in the Bush administration, but not really much beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, they have a real fetish for uh, celebrity impersonators. Yeah, that and and just things that were sort of in the ether then. Yeah. You know, Zsa Zsa Gabor gets pulled over by a cop and slaps him. Right. So let's have Zsa Zsa Gabor be in our movie and slap the cop car. Yeah, it's it, it's very interesting that they, they, they're comfortable with the idea of just being of their moment. Um, right. At least in terms of references. Yes, exactly. That's what I mean is the references. It's and it's yeah, I mean you, in some ways you can say that it's that it's short-sighted, but um well, I just found it interesting it's a, that yeah, that curiosity it makes it like a historical curiosity, which I don't think exactly. is what they were going for. <laughs> Cuz if you're of a certain age, the joke can still work for you. Yeah. But if you're not, you know, sorry. <laughs> The movie is saying sorry, not sorry. And there's so many level. <laughs> there's so many level. Yeah, exactly. There's so many different levels of this because there's there's you know that there's the stuff that they could anticipate going out of fashion, and then there's you know the 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 other side. The, the, let's say the dark side of the Naked Gun movies, which is. You know, well, people involved with the people, right. It doesn't have to people right, involved exactly. with these movies who would uh, almost as soon as the movie was released disgrace themselves beyond retraction. Yes. Um. So the movies are very interesting. I mean, you know, they're historical curiosities because sometimes you have to stop and remember that that you know there was a moment before Bill Clinton when everyone assumed there would never be another democratic president yeah right <laughs> like, like in 1991 apparently it was it was all over for the democrats they hadn't been in power for like 12 years well when you're sitting in a bar with all the world's you know biggest tragedies including hindenburg 
and then you pan over and see Michael Dukakis. Who for a second, and this is this just shows you how much Star Trek I watch on a regular basis, who originally I thought was Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> for one second. But be- because why would why would I assume that there'd be a picture of Michael Dukakis there? Except right. that it's 1991. Um, so, the... Yeah, the, these the as as kind of historical case studies, these movies. Interesting that they chose not to put him in the tank to show that picture. Well, they, they <laughs> saved that for O.J. Simpson, which was perhaps even yeah. an even more misguided idea. To more see, misguided to, to yes. see him with. Uh... <laughs> so we should just tell people for those that don't know, O.J. Simpson stars in all three of these movies. He does, he does. Uh and yeah, we'll talk about that when we, when we get to the movies themselves. But uh, right, um, it's <laughs> I mean, you know, it's pros and cons. You get to see him brutally beaten a lot. True. Pro. <laughs> Con. <laughs> there's a lot of miscegenation jokes and scenes of him with you know murderous weaponry in his hands and uh, right. You know, catching babies that, and about to spike babies like a football player would spike a yeah a football as you know after a touchdown. So it's you know difficult to watch. Is and uh, I, I know that for some people that makes these movies unwatchable. Um, yeah, right. But what's interesting for for <laughs> well, what's interesting for me, and we'll we'll come back to this, is uh, I actually think he really grows as an actor throughout I these know, movies. I do. <laughs> I like I hate I just like I like morally wrestled with yes. myself watching OJ Simpson. I'm glad you came to that discovery too because oh. one of my notes for Na- Naked Gun 33 and a third was that one of the minor related tragedies of the OJ Simpson affair is that he was getting really good at doing movie comedy. <laughs> Just yes. but I said I, I said he looks really confident doing this in and And more comfortable. Specifically in this movie. And then I thought, well obviously that's the same confidence that allowed him to punch two people's heads off. And well, and, and get so away with murder. Like it's the same confidence that we're seeing. He this that movie came out in nineteen ninety four. Right I mean, in the heart was, of it all. It came out and three months later yeah. shitstorm. It's um, that's that's I mean that's something else, and that just you know it, it just feeds into the contemporary contemporaneity of it all. That it's you know that everything we know notoriety wise about O.J. Simpson happens within months of this movie's release, but also yeah. specifically Naked Gun thirty three and a third is like. It's not waiting to talk about the L.A. riots or, like, recent American history. Like, there's no moratorium on anything, no matter right. how fucked up. Um, so it's an interesting kind of... Yeah, I mean, all those... All... <laughs> but Well, what I found remarkable is because, you know, I, I recorded these off of, I don't know, HBO or something. Mm. They were They were making the rounds. And if you hit information, <laughs> you know, the, the cast comes up and there's O.J. Simpson. And if you click on O.J. Simpson, 
like on on my on my service, you can hit that person and it'll come up with a bunch of boxes of other stuff they're in. Yeah, got it. Yeah. So under OJ Simpson, it says uh, the Naked Gun, the Naked Gun two and a half, spell of the spell of fear, Naked Gun thirty three and a third, the final insult, and then the last thing is OJ made, made in, in America. America. I I, knew. I mean it just yeah he. I think the algorithm's a little off there because uh, he, he's he's not the star of that movie in the, in the same way that right. he is the star of the Naked Gun movies. Right. <laughs> I mean, man, it's a gut punch. It's a fucking gut punch. But I also, you know, I also wanted to be fair to these movies on, you know, on the other side and, you know, I had to weigh my nostalgia for them against how successful they are as a comedy and i think i said on previous podcasts it's that i set a very high bar to call something a movie a good comedy right uh i think i've even floated like 75 percent or more as like hit rate at one point yeah right uh which I, I would probably hold with so i had to think about that but i also had to think about regardless of who is in the movie and and how difficult they are to um to endure politically mm-hmm. um i you know i had to think about throughout both of these movies the undercurrents of racism homophobia transphobia yes quite prominently in one of these movies well and police brutality police brutality and sexism that was and i've taken Oof. so many movies down on these counts before i yeah. couldn't ignore it but at the same time you know i i so it's it's all it's a real tightrope between all of those different qualities of these movies that, for all of those reasons, are more and never less than fascinating. Yes, but uh, I wanted to disagree. try and do, do justice, certainly to the comedy side of it, but also not ignore the the qualities of the political movie. aspects. Yeah, that make it. A, diff- a different watch in 2021 and and you know i said to you off air that i'm having an identity crisis over this yeah. movie <laughs> and it, i said it, yeah i'm having the same identity crisis it, it feels like my identity is on the line in what i say about these movies <laughs> like the, yeah. the person i used to be versus the person i am well, now well <laughs> and i think these are i think these movies are fascinating test cases for what we what we all agreed at the time was acceptable yeah. and what we found funny like all of it was fair game then well certainly no one was outside the movie theater boycotting these movies as i right, remember exactly <laughs> yeah which in 2020 in 2021 would seem like a perfectly acceptable thing to do. I saw the original Naked Gun movie on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> I have well, a you clear got your queen, and vivid you, memory. You know, you, the Queen's speech is a British TV Christmas Day tradition, so you're you're right on the money there. Since the Queen is <laughs> a character in that movie. She's a character. All right, well, let's get to it. Oh, I the, mean, the other factor, right? You know, the elephant in the room. Uh, yeah. And one of these movies has an elephant in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yet, the elephant in the room as well is Police Squad. 
Yes, the original series. The original series, which I which I will unreservedly say now, I think is one of the most perfect I pieces adored. of yes. television that exists. It's in that faulty towers elite of you know there is no there is not a bad second. episode second right yeah <laughs> so it has that perfection to live up to too and that's interesting because they and they recycle plenty of jokes from the series into the movies they certainly because the jokes were so good well th- this is what we're finding out this you know this this to to quote uh, to quote a recent Bob Dylan track uh, this movie or or paraphrase it. This movie contains multitudes um, because right. it's like recycling jokes from its own trilogy plus jokes from the TV show that this is that this is based on um, and kind of def- trying to define itself in relation to the TV series and also uh, in contrast to it. So there is so much going on here. You, you dismiss these movies as as fluff at your own peril I at your say. peril right i was just gonna say <laughs> all right are you ready friend yeah i think so how do you rank these two movies against now well actually let me ask you this first okay <laughs> are any of these sequels better than the original this is a really interesting question because going back to my double feature vhs cassette uh-huh. Um, I always gravitated more towards the second one. Interesting. And I, I'm trying to figure out whether that was just because I didn't have to rewind as far <laughs> to get back to the beginning. <laughs> you remember how long it used to take. <laughs> yeah. How long it used to take to rewind cassettes. Imagine that with two movies. I mean, these are short movies, but it's like three hours worth of rewinding. To get right mm-hmm. back to the beginning, yeah. Um, <laughs> just so just to mind, clarify, everyone, possible... you used to have to rewind things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you watch them, you had to rewind them. You had to. You had to wait minutes. I I would not have the patience for that now. I seriously <laughs> would not. Um. Yeah. So so. But I, th- looking back at the, you know, when I was, because I watched all three. By the way, I so watched did the I. original too. So yeah. did I. Well, yeah. p- and another another issue is I need because it was similar to when we did Highlander two, and I had to go back to Highlander to see, like, what was in what movie mythology mm-hmm. wise. Here I had a similar issue where I, I I realized because of that double feature VHS cassette I had. Oh well, not actually, not just because of that cassette, just because of my brain. I had Mandela affected some jokes from one movie into the other. Oh wow! Okay. But I can't entirely blame the double feature VHS cassette for that because the most egregious example of that is when I've I've completely Mandela affected a gag from the third movie into the very beginning of the first movie. Oh wow! <laughs> so I had to sort that all out in my mind. But look, when I when I watched Naked Gun two and a half, I, I thought actually there might be some content content based reasons why I prefer it to the original. Um, Interesting, but so I, I, I'm still, I, you know, bec- I frankly, I was grateful not to have m- to make my mind up about that for the purposes of this podcast. Um, yeah. So I have not made my mind up about that, but I, I s- certainly uh, two and a half is a is a high contender. It, it's it's it's. Up I agree. There. It's up there. 
I think it always came, I mean, barely short of the original for me. But I I, I held the, the second one in high esteem. So, cat out of the bag, I am Naked Gun two and a half, The Smell of Fear, followed by Naked Gun 33 and a third, The Final Insult. I am. Um... That's my order. I am also. I assume it's yours. <laughs> I am also those random series of numbers, fractions, and words. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I completely agree. There was no contest there at all. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah, I won't say any more because that spoils the next part. Because we got to get into the yeah. the meat of each movie too. Yeah. And I got plenty to say on those subjects. All right, good, bad, friend. Oh, you go first. All right. I think Naked Gun 33 and a third. I'm going to start with the second one first. Bad movie. Okay. It's bad. Okay. It And especially in comparison to the first two movies, it just pales by comparison in almost every way for me. Hmm. And it just doesn't have any of the delightful jokes that I love the most in the first two movies. Now the naked apart, gun. Apart from, well, I, I would largely agree, apart from the joke that I thought was in the first movie <laughs> that I <laughs> that I Mandela affected in there. Anyway. All right. Now here's my deal with the naked gun two and a half. Oh no, Mike, you're losing your your childhood. No, I'm not. <laughs> Don't lose I'm your... officially declaring it a good movie. Oh, good, good. Phew. I am. My, my but I got to tell you, I wrestled yeah. with my conscience watching that movie this time. In a way I never had in the past. You're not wrong. Yeah. Not enough for me to say this is a bad movie. Because I still think it's really, I just think it's good. I do. But but I have, there. There's there's lots of problems in the movie. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, so I, similar, I mean, exactly the same, exactly the same good and bad. Naked Gun 2.5, good. Naked Gun 33 and a third, bad. Uh, I had zero struggle over Naked Gun 2.5 being a a good movie or not. Um, Okay. And really, again, you know, it boils down to that 75% and above. And it is hitting Com- at that comedy rate. hit rate, and I I just have to respect that at least. <laughs> yeah, but I did I struggled over whether the third movie is I uh, is a good or a bad movie. I, I I get the sense I like that movie more than than you do. I think it, its highs are high. There's not many of them, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's a movie to me that's and we'll talk more you know more detail about this. It's a movie to me that's saved by its set pieces. In fact, just two mm. set pieces because there's only time for that in the movie. Because uh, the, the movie is like, like seventy-four minutes. It's, like, it's not even. It's like, <laughs> how do you, how do you get progressively shorter from one minute twenty-five? I don't know. Um, right. But uh, I I think there there are highs in that movie. We've already mentioned that that uh, O.J. Simpson is starting to to grow a, a comedic presence. Um, in the in the end, I went with the I you know I went with the opposite consideration and said that you know it for, it wouldn't get seventy five and above, 
but there's some things no. that I really enjoy and find funny about it. But I find it more, yeah. much more politically objectionable than the second movie. I mean, the second, the second movie gave me moments where you know, I you know certainly gave me moments of pause where where I felt incredibly uncomfortable and disturbed. But, oh man, I started cold sweats <laughs> on the second movie in moments. But there are mom there are, well not moments, there are whole scenes in Naked Gun thirty three and a third that actually make my heart hurt yeah. as a right thinking human being. So it's that in the end it came down I, I was like I can't I can't endorse what's going on politically in this movie. Whereas I can I can turn a blind eye somewhat to to moments that concern me about okay naked. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. But certainly, as a comedy, that but officially you so yeah so officially thirty three and a third bad. Yeah, and again, I feel like I'm letting go of my childhood by saying that. Yeah. I hear you. Because see, I remember. I, remember I got sex the movie advice the... from that movie. <laughs> I there's a, there's a moment. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it when we talk about the movie because oh, it it needs explaining. God. But I I'll I, say <laughs> there's literally a moment in that where I discovered something about like yeah like. Pub- sex and puberty basically that I that I was even though the movie was treating it as a joke I was treating it as you know sex education right so well we're going to get deep into the mindset of, of so many a teenage times. Tom Stewart you thought you thought the <laughs> the the biographical element was over with the double feature VHS cassette no sorry bob <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Tom and I rank them the same. We're both saying two and a half followed by 33 and a third. And we're both officially saying two and a half good and 33 and a third bad. If you have a beef with that, you're going to have to let us know. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram or Twitter. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. When you hear us next, we will be talking about the naked gun two and a half, the smell of fear. What a great fucking title. <laughs> the best title in the series. Yeah. All right, for Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, I am Michael Schantz from the How Dare <laughs> My mouth's not working. From the How Dare You Awards. We'll be hearing, you'll be hearing from us next time soon. Say goodbye, Tom. This isn't goodbye, it's just I will never see you again. (laughs) Bye-bye. Can I ask you a question? Do you like beer? I like beer. It's required by law that you like beer when you're living in San Diego, California, but even I can get confused and dizzied by the amount of choices that you can see at your local beer store. What's a person to do? I'll tell you what you do. 
You'll watch the Vegas Beer Guys, a live show on Instagram and Facebook, and they will set you right as to what beers you should have in your life or should not have in your life. The Vegas Beer Guys are brought to you by Dan Aker, the beer professional, and Stephen Weiss, self-proclaimed beer novice. They'll drink beers for you and drink beers with you. Go ahead and check out their live shows and they'll tell you which beers you should be having in your fridge. Everybody wants the perfect combination of molten hops in your life. And Dan Aker and Stephen Weiss are the perfect combination of fantastic and wonderful. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram. Find them. You're going to watch their show and love their show. They give away free merch during their shows. So go ahead and check out the Vegas Beer Guys. What a great time. If you're anything like me, you spend the majority of the day wondering whether you want coffee, beer, or wine. Whichever way you fall, Brew Bar has you covered. Located in the heart of 3rd Avenue Village in glorious downtown Chula Vista, California, which is also my neck of the woods, Brew Bar is a coffee shop, bar, and eatery rolled into one delightful package. Tim and Alex run the place, and let me tell you listeners, these guys know their coffee. And after you've been in their company, so will you. They turned me on to pour over, and it's literally all I drink now. If for some crazy reason you don't want to try the best coffee in the world, they've got espresso drinks, all kinds of teas, and even coffee cocktails. You heard me. Coffee tails. And we're just getting started. Bottle service on craft beer and wine, alcoholic and caffeinated potions, an all-day food menu with plenty of vegan options. All served up in an atmosphere hip enough to know you're getting the best quality, but not too hip that you feel the need to drive to 7-Eleven and get a bucket of brown swill. Brew Bar. It's the best place to be for beer, wine, coffee and tea. And if you go, you might even see me.